Hello and welcome once again to another edition of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. I am your host as always, the mouth of Michigan, Ron Medeka. With me as always, my co-host, the Merck Zone, Mike Merkel. I'm right here. And we have our resident NBA insider, the man Kyle Budzanowski. Kyle? I'm, I'm here. You're here? All, All right. right. What's going on? Welcome back to the show, Kyle. M, the brain, is once again out on wedding duty, so she's going to be missing her third straight episode. So, M, if you're listening to this, which I'm sure you are, for cut. shame. For shame. Yeah. Massive amounts of pay cuts here on the show to, well, zero dollars. So, <laughs> we have so much to go over. Our script completely got... You know, just got bombarded here. Uh, we're gonna kind of, we're gonna change some stuff up. We're talking, we're gonna talk some wrestling. We're talking the Pistons. We're talking NCAA championship. We're gonna briefly, very briefly, hit on the NHL playoffs. Uh, we've got another Merck's on mock draft corner, but we're starting everything off here with the biggest news coming out of the weekend, ladies and gentlemen. We have a new Masters champion, and it's Tiger Woods once again for the fifth time. Your 2019 Masters champion, LT Gray himself. Um, I, I mean, guys, just start out straight off. Kyle, let's start with you. I mean, give me your thoughts because this is. I mean, it's been a long. It's been two, since two thousand five. He's won a Masters championship. Um, it, it, the biggest gap. His fifth one. Talk, talk to me. What What are you feeling? What you know? Give me your reaction on him getting the dub here. Um, coming in, I didn't really care about golf that much. Yeah, I really didn't. Right. And, and I remember I was it was I was sitting at a uh, I almost said Taco Bell at a, <laughs> at a Bell Tire. Yeah. And I was waiting for my tires to get uh, aligned, and we I'm looking at this TV, and I'm like, is that Tiger Woods? Yeah. That man still plays. Yeah. Right. And he, but it was the very beginning, so yeah. he was he was he was kind of far back. No, I wasn't really worrying. And then yeah. he, and then I come here. And then he wins it? Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's played his most consistent couple rounds of golf here. Um, He was close last year in the PGA Championship, um, finishing, I think, second or third in that. Mm -hmm. Mike, same question to you. Just your reaction, man. Tiger, I mean, he's back. If it it was ever a question, now it's it's there, right? I mean, his 15th major. God, it was very impressive, too. Especially when you look at early on when he can't make putts inside of 10 feet. All of a sudden, then... Yeah. Coming down the stretch, he has to make a putt within 10 exactly. feet, and that's how he wins the tur- right. win the major. Yeah. is a complete 180 of what Absolutely. was going on from earlier. Uh, yeah, he played some great golf. He was two under uh, the lead going into the final round, mm-hmm. and uh, a couple double bogeys later, and a couple pars, and... Yeah, right, you're winner, right here, right, and exactly, and that's the thing, right, I mean, you know, Molinari was, was leading, hadn't bogeyed since, like, the seventh hole of round one, he kind of fell apart in the yeah. end, um, I think Tiger played some of his smartest golf than he's played in, in several years now, uh, being able to come out, really take advantage of some opportunities left out there, where necessarily, I don't think he was being overly aggressive, mm-hmm. I just think that the aura of Tiger Woods, right, if you're... Molinari or Brooks, uh, Kopka, or any of those guys where you have Tiger either right in front of you or nipping at your heels, it's really tough to like stay that course, right, and try to play your game. And golf is so mental, right, and it's so and it's so important that you're consistent. I mean, I don't think Tiger Tiger was consistent all four rounds. He yeah. was he was always in it. He was making up ground when needed. Um, he he was back and forth. I mean, this is his first major that he's won. Uh, where he wasn't the leader going into day four, right? So it's another uh, you know check mark for him on his career if he needed any more. But the way he played this game, the way he played this entire tournament, um, I mean, was absolutely phenomenal. The the poise, you know, he was driving the ball well with some power. Uh, his putting, especially rounds two, three, four, were really on point. Um, yeah. A couple big par putts in the middle there where he was really taking advantage of some people making some mistakes. And it wasn't necessarily that he was making a ton of far birdies, wasn't making that great eagle chip shot. It was no. just being consistent and letting the course kind of come to him and letting these guys kind of try to shoot for something that maybe, you know, the, the 12, right, where, you know, three, three out of five people had a double bogey on that hole, right? Tiger, one of those guys who was... Was able to par that right that alone that's a two-shot swing and it's completely changed the game and that's where you kind of see that back nine momentum for tiger especially round four really sink into it um it, it, does this now i mean forget world rankings and everything because he's been number one before and hadn't won a major in a while get i mean going into now the u.s open you know the pg championship and what have you i mean he's got to be the favorite now now that he's done it and that he's officially now he's you know he's won another major it's not been since 2009, you know, when he did it on one leg. Yeah. It hasn't been since 2000, you know. It, he's back. The drama's behind him. He looks healthy. Mm-hmm. I mean, is there any way, I mean, I mean, do you think that he he catches Jack and gets to 18? 
18 majors. I mean, he's got three more. He's at 15 now. He's 81st overall career champion or career win on the tour. Do you think he can catch Jack here? He's 43. So it's not like he's getting any younger by the day here, clearly. Yeah. But he was close in the PJ last year. He's now just won the Masters. Mm-hmm. He's had back-to-back tur- back-to-back major tournaments now where he's looked fantastic. I mean... If one guy could do it, it's yeah, Tiger. Right. Like, it's almost like in football where you're like, who's that one guy who can bring you back if right. you're down? And right. you go, it's free. Right. Tiger's that guy where it's like, if you need three more majors to tie and right. or four to pass yeah. the all-time... I would bet money it would be Tiger to right. do it, and yeah. I think he's able to. I do mean, it if he can, I think the health is the big thing, right? Same yeah. question, Kyle. Do you think that he is able to maintain a stretch? I'm not looking for when you know in the early 2000s where he was the most dominant player on earth, right? Where you know he at one point was the defending champion at all four major championships at the same time. I'm not expecting that at, at 43, but. I mean, that's going to get people talking. I know everyone's going to ask about it. We're going to get out in front of it. We're going to ask it right now. Can he catch Jack? Can he get to 18? Can he get, you know, can he become and cement that? He may already be the greatest of all time, but now he'll have all the numbers and the tournaments to mm-hmm. go along with it. Do you think he catches him? I think he definitely can. I'm yeah. definitely, there's definitely going to be a lot of hype for it. Right. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. I mean, I, I, he was an early favorite, even in the Masters, even, the, even of course. down. I definitely could see him doing it, and like Michael said, if anyone could do it, it could be him. Yeah. Um, I have full faith. I'll be rooting for it. Absolutely. Else will be. I mean, talk about the impact, too, just for a second before we move on to to the wrestling weekend of, of last weekend. But, um, I mean, you just said it, right? You guys both kind of were like, you know, I wasn't really going to pay attention. You kind of keep it on in the background. You kind of like, yeah. all right, I'm going to pay attention a little bit. Let's just see how things go. And then as soon as you know Tiger is in it, and you and you see the yeah. groundswell, and you see the momentum, and he's always kind of hanging around that leaderboard, and you go, "Oh crap, he's got a chance!" Right? It immediately becomes priority television, right? Yeah. For the sport, how important is it for Tiger Woods to be back? I mean, everyone follows him anyway. He could have been in eighth place right now, and people still would have been like, "Oh, he may have a chance with four holes left. He's down four strokes." Yeah. But I mean, now that he just won another major, I mean, the sport has got to be like, "Oh, thank the Lord." Right. Yeah. Thank, oh no. Thank goodness it's, he's back. And thank those, goodness he won. It's one of those few. He's one of the few guys that yeah. can bring the sport back right. into like relevance and maybe make it one of the big five again. Yeah. Because right now people go when you think of like the big major sports, you go football, basketball, hockey, baseball. You don't even think about golf. No. And it's because since Tiger's been down, yep. you haven't had that really face of golf mm-hmm. that's been there. And that's like you can really cheer for and stuff. Yeah. Now that Tiger's back, he almost adds that element. Yeah. Of hey, I have someone to really root for that right. I either you like or you strongly dislike. Either way, you're, you're watching gonna, You're him. watching it so they either fail or they succeed, and right. that's what this And that's means. it's it's very similar to LeBron James, right? LeBron yeah. James is, you know, it's he is the greatest player, you know, of this generation. So being able to watch him and do what he does, yep. same thing with Tiger where you see this outstretch of dominance since, you know, the late 90s up until, you know, mid-2000s, and then he's coming back now and you're – and you're here again, yeah. 43 years old. He's just won another Masters as of about 25 minutes ago. And it, it's to me, it's, you've tried, you've seen other people do it. You know, you've seen the Jordan Spieth, you've seen the Roy McElroys, you've seen the Jason Days, uh, the Brooks Kopkas, those guys that have all, you know, kind of hover around that number one spot, Dustin Johnson's. But at the end of the day, nobody even comes close to moving the needle like Tiger Woods nope. does. So, I mean, uh, it's a great day for golf. It's a great day for golf fans. It's a great day for a lot of people, a lot of us who are casual golf fans. And, we, and I, we've and i already gone on record saying, unless Tiger wins a major, we're not talking golf on this show. I hate to say it. But, I mean, when he does, true to our word, we're going to talk about it because it's big yeah. news every single time he does it. I'm so excited for this next major coming up just to see how he continues this in the aftermath. Because if he comes out and has another great showing, even if he doesn't win, Mm-hmm. It's like, wow, you know what I mean? We really have, are watching some history. All right, enough on Tiger, enough on golf. I'm sure enough of our fans are already bored. Um, let's go right in now oh. to the weekend, uh, you know, the biggest wrestling weekend that's happened in quite a while, right? There was an NXT show, we had a G1 Supercard show, and then we had WrestleMania all at the same time here. Um, 
And Kyle, I know you're kind of more of a casual fan, but yeah. I'm going to ask you though, just to start off um, before me and Mike kind of break down the cards as you know as what our favorites were. I mean, give me your your response because you're more of a casual fan. What do you hear about WrestleMania in this weekend, right? What is your what is the outside people saying when it comes to all right the excitement, the the fallout from it afterwards? Like, oh my gosh, you had to see it. Like, is it still something that where you're like, if it was on, I'd watch it just because it's WrestleMania, or is it kind of like, yeah, it's it is what it is, you know? Because we've had conversations before where you were kind of you know you him haw about it, but. Yeah, I, I, the only, t- I obviously was, not, yeah, you guys right. Were interested, but like just watching ESPN, it'll show up in ESPN. And I'm like, yeah, of well, course. I didn't even know they like, covered this, right? And just like on different news, sports news channels, I, I kind of see it getting kind of covered. I was like, mm-hmm. wow, this, this is a lot more attention than I thought, right? So, which probably interests a lot of people, mm-hmm. including me. I, I didn't watch it personally, right? But just recognizing it, like the kind of interest it brought, like on like Sports Center and all the different news, right? It hits sources. a broad yeah. audience, right? Yeah. The, 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 the brand WrestleMania, it's is extremely valuable, right? And that, and that whole thing, it's just, it is a tangible thing that even if you're not a wrestling fan, you know, going to a WrestleMania is a fun time, yeah. right? It's fun. Mike, give me, hey, you know. Wait, Kyle, who's your favorite wrestler? Your favorite wrestler? Yeah, you have to have one. Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns, you're your Roman favorite Reigns? wrestler? Yeah. All right, there we go. All right, well, half the people just went yay, half the people just went, I yeah. suck. All right, Mike. <laughs> I, 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 I didn't know that was give me, okay. give me your thoughts, Mike, overall. I, I We're not going to go break down every card. There's no. 5,000 matches to go over. You we're know not how doing sad that's how wrong we were all weekend? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much a lot of I things. literally am looking down look at the tally. Place. Yeah, it's not, it's it's not, not good. <laughs> we're not even going to tell you guys the tally. Yeah, it wasn't good. Especially the G1 show, we literally got nothing Swing and a miss. Yeah, pretty much. Um, give me your thoughts though, as on the whole for the whole weekend. Was it? Because I'm gonna be honest with you, it was a lot. It was a yeah. lot of wrestling. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So give me give me your thoughts on the weekend as a whole. Did it deliver for you in your opinion? Um, because we really hyped it up. Yeah, it know? was. It was. Yeah, I was in the car Friday night right yeah. before the show started. Yeah. And I was listening to some of the soundtracks, and I was like, wow, I'm just getting more and more pumped just yeah, like listening right. it. Of course. And um, I think. The NXT show outshined everything else, and it's shocking to say that. Usually, it's not shocking to say over the main show mm-hmm. that it's compared to, but I think it outshined the G One show. I think um, the early half of the G One show really cut down on everything else, the excitement factor of everything else on yeah, the card. I, I don't know if you felt yeah. that, no, I'm but like those first, sure. I mean, obviously, we said like we knew the matches two through five were gonna be slow and like. But, like, it really takes everyone out of the card when that stuff happens so early. Yeah. That, like, the matches like Naito and Ibushi and Jay White and Okada. Right. We didn't really care as much because we were just like, ugh. Right. I don't really want to watch this anymore because of yeah. how dragged on the early show was. Mm-hmm. I think WrestleMania did actually a good job of starting hot. Oh, absolutely. Right. And with uh, Seth Rollins, Brock mm-hmm. Lesnar match and stuff to really get you invested early on. I think the problem WrestleMania had was right after the Kofi match, that's when everyone stopped caring. Mm-hmm. And uh, then you have the botch finish in the main event. Yeah. And overall, I think WrestleMania's second half really needs to be cut down. Right. I think that, yeah, I mean, obviously, I think the NXT show was the best just because it, it the time was a really big factor yes. for me. Like, the G1 card ran long, yes. and it was really, really long. Like, to the point where it's you like get to Jay White Okada, and you're like... Okay, we still have a whole nother match, and it's yeah. like, you know, I get it. And same thing with, with WrestleMania, where, I mean, you had a couple matches that went 25 seconds, and you were still like, man, this is a long-ass card, right? Like, this is really, really, like, this is taking up a lot of time, where, yeah. you know, you start at 5, and it goes till, you know, midnight at 7. Yeah. Right, and you're just like, I mean, it was good. Um, give me your, give me your favorite, give me your favorite show. Right, okay. you, like your favorite show as a whole, and then also give me your favorite match from any three of the cards, and, you know, and kind of give me some mm-hmm. breakdown as to why. Um, well, obviously, I just said yeah, favorite NXT show, is show NXT right? show, right? Um, nice, short, sweet, and every match was entertaining Absolutely. for the most part. Yep, uh, didn't have any downfalls into it. Nope. Um, I would say favorite match was probably Johnny Gargano, Adam Cole. Yeah. had a lot of good stuff in that match. Hated the as finish, but it's fine. You're, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, it was a very odd finish. Yeah. I actually loved Riddle Dream, too. Yeah, that, that was fantastic. That was a great way to I end think, that, too. I think yep. it was a fantastic way to um, yep. finish that match. 
And obviously, I'm a big Seth Rollins fan. Mm-hmm. So going into WrestleMania, starting the show with a match I was probably most entertained or interested in mm-hmm. was Seth Rollins and Brock Lesnar, and Rollins actually winning it. Yes, uh, got me call. got me a really right. good start to the show, right. and actually got me a good feel. And even the first couple matches on the show were like good, good, good. Where I'm like, like, wow, like, oh yeah, this, like, this is really turning into a card. Yeah, yeah. it's getting into like a B B plus WrestleMania range. Right. And then right after Kofi, I was like, oh B minus. And now we're just. And then I was like, right. yeah, exactly. I'm kind of with you. I'm gonna go. Yeah, I'm gonna say. The NXT show as a whole was the best. I really enjoyed Dream uh, and Riddle. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll kind of go out a little bit, too. I'll say I really enjoyed the main event of WrestleMania, too. I thought Charlotte did a hell of a job carrying that match. Yeah. I mean, if you're really looking at that, Rousey and Lynch are kind of in it. But if you don't have Charlotte in the match, I know she got a, fl- a lot of flat putting put into the match. But if you don't have Charlotte in that match, that match is not very good. No. Be, you know, I mean, if we're being honest about it, Charlotte really kind of put together that match and was the key component even though she didn't take the fall she was the key component that held everything together so if nothing else you got to give her a lot yeah, of credit that, for really the five minute finish that right. Becky Lynch and Ronda did before Becky uh, right. ends up winning the match yes. for a spoiler I guess if you yeah. haven't seen it um, it's been a week we gave him enough time that's what I'm saying um <laughs> They like that was some bad stuff to finish mm-hmm. the match. Like it right. was a lot of missed stuff. Actually, Ronda uh, Ronda Rousey actually broke her hand. I guess right. midway through, so probably hinders a lot of stuff right. she was able to do. Um, I was, and then yeah. the finish, I was like, I, that's oh. the only problem I had with that match. It's not so much that I was upset with with the roll up, right? Which no. that's fine. You know, the ref making the mistake though of not waiting for her shoulders to be down. Yeah, that's a problem. I would have preferred to see a tap out there. I know they're yeah. trying to set up them later on if Rousey does come back, which has been rumored already, but um, that if, if they did do that, I get that, but at the same time, I'm not really one to say um, that it, it's more defining and it's more of a moment, I feel like, if you got the tap out yeah, there. You know I, heard, I, mean? I heard Ronda was very adamant not tapping out. Yeah, which I get. Oh, I, I totally understand, but yeah. at the same time, I'm, like, she was like, I'm not, like, I'll take a pin. Yeah, right. I'm not going to Yeah, tap. roll me and up, I'm, and it's fine, right? That's why I thought maybe with Charlotte being in it that she could have tapped. It doesn't hurt Charlotte. She's been champion a million times, yeah. and you keep Rousey completely out of the finish. But to, to her point, I understand. But, I, yeah, the NXT show, the G1 card for me, um, just it went really long. That's yes. my biggest thing from it. There was not a single moment. I know Tate won the world title. Uh, Okada won it again, which I'm still confused by. But overall, I thought it was a good show, but I don't think I'm going to look back on that show and go, yeah. I remember that. Is there any match? I guess I'll take out the NXT yeah. show because we'll probably go back and watch some of that. Yeah. From WrestleMania or the G1, is there anything like six to eight months from now that you'll go back and watch? No. No. Nothing? No, no, I don't think so, honestly, because, I mean, I really enjoyed some of the tag work that they both did on the on the WrestleMania card, both Fatal 4-Way tag yeah. for the women's and the, the SmackDown tag. I really enjoyed those matches, too, because they were just enough, mm-hmm. right? But I'm not going to go back and watch Kofi and Daniel Bryan again. I'm not going to go yeah. back and watch I think watch these, I think this, those shows were more moments. Yes. That you just watch once and you get the moment yes. of it. Like, I, not, yeah, I don't need to see Taven versus Lethal versus Skrull again, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the Okada-Jay White match, I was just like, okay. You know, it was yeah. okay. You know, it was what it was. Yeah, I didn't like the finish, but um, it would for me. I don't think that this weekend, based off of the names that you had, mm-hmm. I don't think lived up to it in ring a lot of times. You know what I mean? For overall, right? Like even the NXT show, I loved that show pretty much all the way going up until the final match, and I even enjoyed the match until the last four minutes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where Gargano just somehow beats everybody in the area. I was like, yeah. come on, man. Like, if he's going to beat him, just beat him. There's yeah. no interference and just let him beat him rather yeah. than, oh, he overcomes all the odds and he still beats him. It's like, okay, but now you just made every your biggest heel now in the in your brand look like crap. So that's yeah. that was my only real issue with that. Um, just give me your take, too, real quick on the Raw and SmackDown post-Mania because hmm. I thought they sucked. What what yeah. what did they do? There was nothing exciting about... Okay, well, Lars Sullivan's here. I don't care. Hardy's won the tag title. Fine match, right? Yeah. But there had to be something more for me. You tease this title versus title thing, and then you completely just you know, go, no, never mind. I, the, that was so the stupid. The greatest thing was I was on Twitter that whole night, Yeah. and right after they announced the Rollins-Kofi match, it yeah. was going to be title for title, yeah. winner takes all, whatever, which everyone knew wasn't going to actually right, happen. Right, of course. Like, you, you can't put a title on right. uh, or whatever. Um, I was on Twitter, and literally every single person that was in wrestling at all was yeah. like, oh, Cole's coming up. Right. And Undisputed Era was going to interfere. Right. Interfere. Every single like right. wrestling site, every news article mm-hmm. was 
Undisputed Era was like in backstage. They're gonna come right. out and they're gonna, gonna ruin interview. it. Yeah. And I literally was, t- I, I was so close to being. I'm hearing a lot of stuff yeah. about this. You're gonna freak out. Yeah. And then the bar happened. came out. Yeah, and that's the, the thing. If out. you're gonna set that match up, why not have a new group come up? Why not have a big star come up? At least then it's like, oh crap, this new we've introduced a new star into yeah. the equation instead of all right we're gonna have the bar and then we're gonna have a tag team match like don't not that night you could have done that any other day and yeah. it would have been just all right it's another yeah, you raw could, you could, but not then yeah three weeks from now you could have ic title versus universal yeah. title and have done the same thing it exactly done the exact same thing. exactly i also really was not a fan of Sami Zayn not getting the win over balor there it, oh, with really? that intercontinental champion i love the way that they're gonna book sammy i'm really i really yeah. dug that promo i hope he goes to raw or yeah. uh, smackdown wins the u.s title yeah but i feel like he could have like if he beat finn there with like he hits him with a low blow or something and rolls him up and then goes off on this big tirade with the title, I feel like it makes him more must-see than it would be without it because now he just won the title. Because I'm going to be honest with you, I don't know if they're going to do a Finn as Intercontinental Champion. Oh, I don't so, either, but I so didn't I think, like I didn't think they were going to like, depth. he lost it a month ago to yeah. Bobby, and then he won that it would be, kind that, of thing. That would have been my, that's the point, it's though. It's like is you that, hold the title for a month and you have like three reigns out of it. Like, right, yeah, I, exactly. I, I wasn't going to like that if that was yeah. going to happen, but I get that point. I would have liked to see Sammy do it. But overall, like I said, it's kind of one of those things to where it's like, all right, you know, let's weigh it back and forth. All right, yeah. that's going to be it, though, for part one. We've got a lot more stuff. Actually, you know what? Before we go to a commercial, I'm just going to ask this right now. We're, we said we're going to touch on the NHL playoffs. Oh, cool. Who do you, who do you got on the NHL? <laughs> and the, Kyle, I'm going to start with you because you've been quiet there. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, of all the teams, we're not going to go super into detail. We're, we're going to hit on this a little bit more next week as far as implications for the wings go. But, Kyle, who do you got? Just call your shot right now. Who is your favorite? Who do you want to win uh, the Stanley Cup this year? Um, I was saying I don't ever I don't watch hockey. I'm yeah. going to say the Pittsburgh Penguins. Penguins. Yes, everybody in Detroit right now hates you. That's all. Literally everybody. everybody <laughs> in the world. The Golden Knights. Are the Golden Knights in there? Yeah, yes. of course. Yeah. I, I, I like them better. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Mike. Same thing. I mean, who, uh, who wins any show? Who who wins Lord Stanley? Uh, I'll tell you right now. I think going into the Stanley Cup Finals will be the Washington Capitals. Really? Yep. Wow. All right. I'm all right. a very big. I'll put this out here right now. Alice Ovechkin fan. Mm-hmm. Really big for a weird reason. Yeah. I think he's awesome. You just like his yeah. nose. No, <laughs> I, I, that's part of the reason yeah. why. Um, I think the team's really good. Yeah. Um, goalie's one of the better ones in the league. Yeah. And um, he he will take them there. To at really? Least, at least defending champs. So, yep. I mean, all right, so you got, you I got, got the Capitals? I got Capitals. All right, I'm kind of torn between the San Jose or, or Tampa. Tampa just because they, they're the most dominant Aren't team we've seen. they both down? Huh? Aren't they both? Down I know, down? but I like both. I like both okay. teams, though. I think Fine. San Jose did a hell of a job with Nyquist, with that addition to, with Nyquist, um, Thornton really, you know, they really need to get him a championship there in San Jose. I'm going to say Tampa just because they have the best record, and you know, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, Patriots fanboy over here. (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, it is what it is. But I like Tampa a lot. I do like Vegas. I don't think that they're going to make that run this year. Um, I think San Jose though definitely has another chance. So I'm going to, I'll stay with Tampa, but I do think San Jose has got a hell of a chance, hell of a chance to do it. That's. You know, we'll talk about wing stuff a little bit later on in another episode. But that's going to be it, though, for part one of this episode. Episode 20, by the way. We officially hit a, yeah. a milestone. Wow, episode, you like that? You're on the milestone yeah. of the episode milestone? Episode Wasn't I in episode 20. 10, too? Yeah. Were you on episode 10? Yeah. So. Maybe right. we should just bring you back every 10 episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Episode. You've, been, you've been on too much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All right. Coming out of the break, we're talking the Merck Zone mock draft. We've got Pistons basketball series coming up and the NCAA title game from a couple weeks ago. All of that and maybe a little bit a more, more, depending on what my Mike's got up his sleeve. All that after this. Stick around. Hey guys, this is the mouth of Michigan, Rob Mendeika from the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. Just reminding you that we are live every single Monday at 7 in the morning on your favorite streaming services. All five major sports, football, basketball, baseball, hockey, and professional wrestling. I'm Always Right Sports Podcast every Monday, 7 a.m. See you there. All right, guys, welcome back to part two, episode 20. Uh, let's jump right into it. Mark Zone mock draft. Guys, we're, I mean, we're going to run out of these, too, because, I mean, we got two weeks until the draft. So next week will be the last yeah. Mark Zone mock draft corner. What are we the gonna very do last time? one. I don't know, man. That's, I mean, we can't, this is ingenious. And we always <laughs> had it now. <laughs> Sorry, I, NHL I come, fans. We're not doing an NHL one. Let's do an NBA one. NBA. Zion. John Moran. No, okay. You have to wait till the. The only reason, yeah, the only, well, the only reason why we only do the, the this one is because you know the Lions are picking in the top ten. Pistons are gonna be picking what? Fifteen. There you go. See, so I mean, unless they win the championship, you know, which is 
bonafide. We'll hit that on that in a second. But <laughs> all right. So Mike, give me who who this draft is by when it was published, so we kind of have a time frame. Right. I'm um, using the Walter Football one from last week. Okay. But it's been updated as of the 13th. Oh, okay. So, it's so we're getting stable. literally Sweet. the most recent one we can. Fantastic. So, All right. Looking good. All right. Uh, this one also doesn't have any trades or anything, so we're okay. going to go base order okay. like we have been. Okay. Uh, since Kyle's here, I'll be asking Kyle the, the if he agrees with all these picks, too. Okay, cool. Um, so number one, Arizona picks. Kyle? Kyler Murray. Yeah, Kyler Murray. Yeah. They do pick Kyle Murray. Yeah, yeah, that seems about right. All right. Yeah. Number two, if Sam, they don't, like what biggest what in the world is happening, right? Like all of a sudden, Quinn and Williams, what? Yeah, you know, it'd be crazy. But all, all right, right, continue. Number two, San Francisco, Rob, who they got? Bosa, Bosa. I was, I was gonna say Bosa. Yeah, they do yeah. pick Bosa. Number two. We should yeah. just go to Rob and me, it's just in case I just don't know what to say, and then I just can just be. Perfect. You heard it here first. Yeah, you heard it here first. Okay. Kyle talking out of his ass. All right. <laughs> Number three, New York Jets will pick Rob. Josh Allen. Kyle? Devin White. Devin White? They just signed C.J. Mosley. See, this guy, he's a schmuck. Why is he on here? This guy's not NFL insider. He's uh, NBA. You better have some bitter good stuff for this Pistons topic coming up here in a second. Good Lord. Um, they don't pick either one of them. Quinn they Williams. pick Quinn Williams. See, that's that's something that I think that's kind of becoming a trend as of as of a little bit now where we're seeing Quinn Williams kind of rise up. Josh Allen, though, falling. Man, I mean... We're, I'm, I'm gonna throw something at you here in a second about the Lions after okay. after they pick. So let's just kind of go forward. Not gonna okay. wait and hold up on that. All right, uh, Oakland Raiders they pick. So then they're gonna take Josh Allen and be thrilled. Sean Gary, shut up. What is up with you today? You. Seriously, <laughs> you're almost about to be kicked off the show before the basketball. <laughs> I have to make bold moves. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, move. they do pick Josh Allen. He's the bold move guy. That's what he is. He's the guy. You know <laughs> what? I'll, he's he's Mike. He's my he's Mike Ditka, where he's gonna trade away his whole draft to get Ricky Williams and then not know how to use him. That's that's what he is. Yeah. My Jared Cook is number one free agent target for the Lions. And everyone goes, huh? That's our viewers. I think that's when our viewership died. Is after that episode, right there. <laughs> Right, anyway, um, number five might shock everyone here. Okay. Tampa Bay picks. Rob, point at you first. Um, you said that it's a shocker here. A little bit. We haven't seen this guy go here yet. Okay. Um, I'm gonna say then. Let's say Rashawn Gary because they're stupid. I was gonna say that again. Yeah. Ed Oliver. Really? Yep. That sucks. That's gonna come into my point here in a second. But okay. we'll, let's let's keep going. Number six. New York Haskins. Giants. Haskins. Haskins, obviously. I almost, I almost they, had to get you. They don't pick what? Haskins. What? <laughs> what is happening? They pick Rashawn Gary. Yeah, all right. That's, a, that's, a, that's a Giants. I can't believe the Giants are turning into the Browns. Is really what they're like, turning really into. Quickly. It's like a disaster. Yep. But, all right, continue. Uh, Jacksonville picks. Uh, J- Jawan Taylor, Jack from Florida. Obviously the same. They do pick Jamal Taylor. You're making me want to drink, and I don't drink. <laughs> All right, yeah, cool. All right, so now sense. you know the top seven. So right, where so do then, you think Lions go here? I'm going to say eight. I'm going to say at this point, based off of how the draft has fallen, I'm going to say they're going to take Devin White. Devin Bush. <laughs> I'm um, take you off the show. <laughs> Rob is white, writes. Devin White, so yeah. us Okay, now here's go. here's my question, right? <laughs> if the draft falls like this, though, okay, do you think that there's been a lot of speculation that Atlanta and the Lions, right, are in talks right now? Basically, that if Atlanta's guy is there at eight, okay, they would like to trade up with the Lions. Lions go down to fourteen. Okay, okay. Who does Atlanta take at fourteen? At fourteen? Yeah, they will pick. Andre Dillard, offensive tackle, Washington State. Okay, that's completely where I thought they would go. But because there's a lot of talk that if Ed Oliver is there at eight, okay. that's like the number one target for Atlanta Okay, is Ed Oliver. So with what's been floated out there, it's been Atlanta's first this year, their third-round pick this year, and a 2024th-round pick for the Lions for the Lions' eighth pick. Do you do that trade? So you get an additional third and a fourth next year to move down six spots. Yeah, I probably, probably go into it. You think so? Yeah. The, Actually, yeah, I would I would yeah. think about it very strongly. Right. I, and I, the I, only reason I say it is because at that point, and I guess we could play out the rest of this draft to mm-hmm. see who's actually left. Right. Um, you can maybe get a guy that um isn't 
likely to get picked at eight mm-hmm. if you pick like a TJ Hawkinson. It right. doesn't look as bad being right. fourteen to eight. Right. Uh, if you get a guy like Montez Sweat, you're like fourteen. Okay, then you're getting an extra third round. You're getting that death pick. Mm-hmm. So say in the second round you go corner. Mm-hmm. Third round you can go wide receiver, offensive line, offensive line. Mm-hmm. You can right. do that double pick in the right. third. Right. And I think that actually. Do helps you think there's run. any player outside of let's say Allen, Bosa, and Quinn Williams, right? Outside of those three guys. Def- uh, in this draft that, unless they fall in love with, obviously, with Ed Oliver, but that is in this draft that they have to take it eight if if he's there? No. Not at all. Right. I think... And like I if think, Quinn I think, Williams somehow falls to you at eight, you have to take him and yes. just be done with it. Yeah. But outside think, of those three guys... Dra- if this draft goes exactly how it went today, mm-hmm. and so Oliver, Allen, Quinn and Williams, and both are all off the board, then I have no problems trading them because... Mm-hmm. Devin White will be there at 14. If mm-hmm. Devin White's gone before 14... You still take Devin Bush Devin even at Bush, that point. Right. Or can, take or take whatever, right? Or my right, Sweat's yeah, probably going to yeah. be around Sweat, there. Or Brian Burns DK even. DK Metcalf will be around. Right, yeah. There's a lot of different options there I think you have if you trade. I was just I just want to float that yeah. out there too because I know Washington's another team too where there's been some... Apparently there's been some rumors that they might want to trade up because they really like a quarterback... Um, I know Denver really likes Drew Locke. They're probably hoping that no one tries to hop them for that. Uh, Daniel Jones, I think, has been linked to Washington quite a bit. But mm-hmm. um, all right, let's go through any other real huge names that are going in the first round before we hop to round two. Um, there actually is one. Yeah. Um, Giants pick later in the sec- in the first round. Yeah, seventeen, right? Seventeen. Yeah. This is where they go quarterback. Yeah, they take Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones, Duke. That doesn't. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess if that's what happens and they like him better and they feel like they can get him, but I mean, yeah. Ugh. I know. I was like, I, I was kind of shocked. Rashawn right Gary now. and Daniel Jones. If I'm a if I'm a Giants fan, I'm like, wow, that's a really overwhelmingly yeah. unimpressive draft in my opinion. But, all right, let's go round two. Okay. Um, let me pull up round two real quick. I'd still and... like to see if they could get a two out of Atlanta. Or like, you know, I don't, you know I don't I mean? think I don't think I, don't I think that's a little too much I to know. ask for. But I, I mean, you're getting the top ten pick though, so it's like, eh, you yeah. know, you kind of get away. And this is the point also where you can make where maybe um, throwing away like if you don't beat the Packers in the game and you get the fifth pick, yeah, I know. Then that looks a lot better I going for second yeah, for a fifth pick overall than looking at. Um, I don't Packers care though. Footy went nothing over the Packers. It's fantastic. We're gonna have to hit on that Packers story one day too, because that was that was a great read. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so number forty three. Yeah. Where do you think they go? Yeah, I'm gonna say they're gonna take Paris freaking Campbell and take him and make me happy. Take your damn wide receiver and be done with it. Kyle, do you have any clue of where they're gonna go? If you say somebody stupid, I'm gonna smack you live on air. Who is this again? This is the second round for the Lions. Second round for the Lions. Yeah. They just took in this draft. They just took Devin White linebacker. Yes. So they're probably not going to go linebacker. So they and won't. I can't choose Chase Winovich. You can choose. You can choose yeah. Chase Winovich. I mean, you're you're yeah. a terrible person, but you can take him. I'll take Chase Winovich. All right, Matt Millen of the of the I, mean, I always write sports podcast crew here. <laughs> Who do they take? All right, so they will pick uh, defensive ass slash outside linebacker Ben. Barugu from TCU. No, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I don't even care who it is. It could be the next coming of Mike Dicka or of uh, of whoever. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, that's. I am going to be steadfast until it happens. You need to take the best offensive player in round two. If you go defense round one, there is no acceptable pick for me unless somebody like a Brian Burns or somebody like that falls. That far, there is no logistical reason to take another defensive player. Like I said, if the best safe or the best corner falls to you at 43 and you didn't do anything, all right, I'm accepting of it. If Greedy Williams, for whatever reason, falls to you, fine. Byron Jones, fine. But unless you have a true first-round talent falling to you in the second round, you need to take offense. You've done nothing to help your offense this season. You signed Jesse James, and you signed Amendola. That's all you did. You need to take an offensive player. I'm going to say it. I'm going to keep saying it. Where does Paris Campbell go so I can throw my laptop? Um, I does he go after our pick? One second. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at the third round right now. I can oh, okay. go find him out real quick for you. But All right, um, give me the third round first. Let's just see if I'm going to be super pissed off on this whole damn thing. So uh, stupid. They pick... J.J. Arcega Whiteside, wide receiver out of Stanford. He's the 6'5", 230 guy that everyone... Okay, that doesn't help of. me either. Why Why is that the pick, though? Because, once again, you know, you've got... You could... He's not going to play the slot. He's ginormous, right? Mm-hmm. You got Galladay already. You got Marvin. You do not have a slot player play, past 
2019. And not even really that if you consider the fact that Amendola has injury issues. So you got a whole, you got Amendola, and then you got who? Powell? I mean, come on, dude. Like, that's not, that's not an acceptable receiving core to go into week one. It's not. Mm-hmm. I mean, and your tight end, your tight end room right now is uh, Michael Roberts and yeah. then Jesse James, who I like Jesse James, but then you got Michael Roberts, dumbass, and then you got nobody else. Uh, for your reference, yeah. the point, the Paris Campbell actually goes in the first round to the Ravens at twenty-two. Oh, does he really? Yeah. Jeez. Which is probably why he's off the board. So good they Lord. might look somewhere else. My goodness, that's a there must have been a really big run on wide receivers. In. Either way, then take your time. Where's Irv Smith Jr. go? He goes late second round. To See, the there you go. Then that's that's right. That's my point. Right? Is that if your best if the receiver goes, who I, I've been very steadfast saying I like Paris Campbell in the second for the Lions if he's there. But Irv Smith Jr. hell of a tight end. He's a receiving tight end. I mean, you're not gonna. That value is great for New England at yeah. that point. If you get him in the bottom half of the second round, so if you're Detroit, you're you know that's that's a guy that you have to be looking at, especially if you don't take tight end first round. I hate this draft. Thoughts, Kyle? I'm so pissed. I'm pissed as hell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so mad. Oh, that's so irritating. I knew you said that going in this was gonna suck, but I'm mad yeah, about I'm it. Sorry. All right, you wanted to bring something else up, though. That's the mock yes. draft. So next week, though, is our last one, though. So be yep. sure to t- tune in to episode 21 because that's going to be big. But all right, give me so something you want to talk about. I have, I have so a, so a big story broke earlier this week right. about the XFL, new okay. football league starting next year. Right. Um, you heard about the possible of a three-point conversion after a touchdown. Right. So you can actually get a nine-point play. Right. That's one of the two things that they announced. Okay. The second one has to do with overtime rules. Okay. You didn't hear anything about Mm-mm. this? No, I didn't Did you hear anything about this? Mm-mm. Cool, so we're getting first takes and everything. Oh. So there will be a total of 44 guys on the field in overtime Okay. at once. So I'm going to match this out like Lions versus Packers, mm-hmm. so it makes sense for everybody. So say you have the Lions offense and the Packers defense on one side of the field. Mm-hmm. You have the Packers offense and the Lions defense on the other side of the field. Pretend the score is 0-0 going into overtime. Okay. Each side gets five tries at the two-yard line for a, for a two-point conversion, basically. Right. Say the Lions get it, they get two points. Then it automatically goes right to the Packers. Packers try it. Say they get it, they get two points. Mm-hmm. This continues back and forth. Five attempts, and whoever has the most points out of the attempts wins the game. That's weird. But if the defense gets a turnover, yeah, they, get, they get one point. Oh, okay. So it's like a shootout almost mm-hmm. style in like hockey. So it's kind of like, yeah, so it's kind of almost, yeah, it's like a hybrid between the hockey shootout and... And like college. college, yeah, you just Weird. you get one play from the two yeah. yard line. You say like Stafford throws it in, right? Two points, right? Then so Rodgers goes and throws in. Okay, it goes two. back, goes, yeah, back, goes back, back, and back, and forth. Back. Five until, attempts, right? And then say if the final score is like ten ten, then you go into sudden death. Right. Lions sure. score, Packers don't. Lions, Lions win. win. Right. They both score, then it keeps going until. Right. Of course. That's weird. That's very interesting to yep. me. Um. That's weird. Yes. I, here's the thing, man. To fix the overtime thing, it's really simple. Just. You get a possession, you get a possession. If I score, cool. Then I know that this team has to score. Yes. Right? And then if I don't score, I lose. Yeah. If I kick a field goal, and then you go down the field and kick a field goal, and then, then after that, it's first score wins at that yeah. point. Right? Because you both had a chance. With this type of role, would yeah. you be interested to see this? It'd be fun. I'd actually, the three point, the three different, the one point, the two point, or the three point, both of these really, it's a lot more strategy involved. Because then there's a lot more risk. Because it's like, all right, I score, and then I go for a two point. And then you score and get a three, and I lose by one. Even though I dominate the whole game, right? I keep scoring. You can't stop me, but I keep going for twos. Yeah. And you got that one extra three-point play, and you yeah. beat me somehow. It's, it's crazy because when you look yeah. at it, you can um, a seventeen-point game right. is a two-possession game. Right. When you look right. at that's it, crazy. that's crazy. Like you really can score up to eighteen points in two drives. Right. And they were also talking about which I don't know, but you can also they might abolish kickoffs and just have one play. Start at twenty-five. No, you could like so instead of an onside kick. Oh, okay. Did you hear so, about that? Yeah, so where you have a one for a fourth and fifteen from your own forty, right? Yes. Or thirty. And or if you like get that. it, then you and just you start keep, right there yeah, and you keep, keep going. going. Right. I think that's very interesting. The onside also. kick thing, I get the abolishing kickoffs. If you're gonna abolish kickoffs, just go to the twenty-five and just be done with yeah. it, right? But the onside kick thing is interesting. I'm interested to see how that plays out. I think we should hit. We'll hit on more on that as the XFL actually becomes a thing, if it ever actually yeah. does become a thing. But that's really interesting because the strategy. 
I mean, talk about like hindsight 2020 galore coming yeah. after that, right? Like, can you imagine Lions lose a game? Well, you should have went for three instead of going for two. Yeah. You know what I mean? I feel like Ugh. I feel like you won't ever see that over time with how the one point, two right. point, three point yeah, plays exactly. like that. Because no one's ever if you're down like eight, yeah. you're not just gonna go for the two point. No. You're gonna go for the, for the three. It's five more yards. Right. Might you go, as well for the go three for point it. and go you try for to the win. It, you know? Right. It's gonna be that's that's interesting and it's kinda of fun too. So that's something to look forward to. All right. Let's hit now uh we're gonna hit Pistons real quick here. Pistons, they made the playoffs, barely. They backed in, winning back-to-back games against the, the rough-and-tough Memphis Grizzlies. And, and the, the tank for Zion. Oh, my good Lord. The New York Knicks. Nice. I mean, you beat them by 40 without Blake Griffin. That's how bad <laughs> the Knicks are. So, I mean, you know. But they were in New York, though, so it counts as a road win, damn it. But, all right. So, they're playing the Bucks. Um, Kyle, I'm going to start with you. Just give me, first off, what are your expectations going? What do you want to see happen, right? Do you think they have a chance of winning, or is this strictly just pray for a win? Uh, I mean, you, you could always pray for a win, but I, I kind of want to see. Cause like, I feel tell like, me how they win this series. Let me put it that way. Tell how me they, how, how yeah, do they no, win this no, series? Sure, yeah, tell me how they win this series. They have Zaza Pachulia. What does he do best? Injure people. <laughs> <laughs> That's, he's got to do something to, to whatever, to be honest. But, yeah, but realistically... You have, you have to have consistent shooting. Yeah. You got whatever is it. Kennard. He's yeah. actually playing a lot better than I yeah. thought he would be. For sure. Kennard has to consistently shoot Galloway. Reggie actually has to be a point guard for once. And then obviously you have to see Blake Griffin go off for like 50 at least once if yeah. you somehow want to pull this off. How do you stop How do you stop Giannis? Stop Giannis? You double uh, Thon Maker? I like Thon Maker. I like Thon Maker too. <laughs> not, not in this regard, I don't. Like, you can break him like a toothpick. Yeah, but. I know, but I just like him. Yeah. And, but yeah, I don't. you can't really stop him. You can well, I'm going to phrase it. Stopping to me does not mean holding him for zero points, right? No. Stopping him to me means that, okay, he's going to get his 20, but how does he not get 35? That's that's the difference, right? Yeah. Is that how do you how might maybe I'll ask you this? How do you stop Giannis in this situation, um, right? Do I you, think do you put Blake on him, or do you have no. to put Drummond on? Him? Well, no, this is what I would. This yeah. is I would. Well, I think you have to start off with the zone. Yeah. I don't think there's any way you can play man to man. Oh God, no, team. Well, absolutely. Um, I think what you do is they come down the court, right? And Giannis always ends up in one of the corners to mm-hmm. initially start, and then the play develops and he ends up at the top of the key. Mm-hmm. You have to have Blake Griffin end up near the top of the key with Giannis. Mm-hmm. And what you basically have to do is you have to hope, you have to really have a lot of effort from your guards and your small forward position. Because yeah. what I would suggest to do is, since Giannis can't shoot, right, you stay within right. the vicinity of him so right. you're contesting his Absolutely. shots. And as he drives in, right. Blake almost gives up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he goes out to the next closest shooter, and you go, Drummond, get him. Right. And as he's driving in, Drummond's your best hope at stopping him at the rim. And, and I, think, that, I think you got to be physical with him too. Giannis yeah. doesn't like a lot of contact. No, going to the Drummond, he, Drummond has to like step up, right. and get right in his face, right. And then if straight Giannis, up, straight yeah, down. Right. and then at that point, if Giannis starts making stuff over Drummond, then there's well, nothing what you can do. do. You, like, what do you, you do? Everything. What do you do offensively? Because in my opinion, the best way to kind of because the Bucks are so long. They're yes. just so huge, right? They got Miritich, they got Giannis, they got Lopez. They have so many long arm dudes. You know what I mean? They just yeah. cover a lot of space when you're in that half court defense. So for me, if I'm Dwayne Casey and offensively, right, one, I've got Blake almost consistently running the point, number one, and really kind of setting stuff up because he's a great passer. I think he's the best true passer on our team. Yeah. So I, for me, I'm trying to get as many transition points as possible. Yes. I'm really trying to run up and down the court this, with them because if if they set up we're not. We're not gonna last. Yeah. No. This turns into like almost like a college type game. Right. You're gonna have to run and go. You have yeah. to. You have to run. Yeah. And I feel like you're gonna need a lot of substitution to make sure you have fresh guys that can get right. down the court faster think, than them. Yeah. Right. Um, shooting will become a big factor. Three point shooting. Canard's gotta Kennard's be there. Canard's gotta be the mm-hmm. guy yep. in this series Absolutely. if you want to even have a chance at yep. this series. Canard. I think Reggie's gotta shoot. shoot Reggie shot the ball pretty well the last since yeah. since about the All Star break. I think he's played pretty well. Uh-huh. Um, I mean. It, it's gonna be. I think. Mm. I think you have to at one point in the game go small ball on Giannis. That's a great. And, that's a great call for um, sure. I think you should have a lineup nearing the end of the third to the beginning of the fourth, where you go uh, Reggie, Kennard, Wayne Ellington. Who's that other shooter? Thought you can even have Thought Maker if you want to have a big in there, and right. then Drummond sitting right in the middle, mm-hmm. and because then you could just pass no all around the key. No block in that lineup. No. No blocker. Nope. <laughs> you just no, can't he, give him the ability to drive. You have to right. stop him. Because no. if you got a one-on-one when he's driving, it doesn't matter you, who you, you are. Can't, you, the only reason you can't put Blake there is 
Um, he's a very good shooter. Right. But he, he's not your best. That's what no, I'm saying. I'm just asking. He's not. He's right. not. Um, you have to put in Wayne Ellington. You have to put in Luke. You have to put in guys that can consistently make, make the, the shot. three. Right. Where Blake is a streaky shooter, and right. he likes to go into the post a lot. Mm-hmm. And with Giannis there, especially how the Bucks' defense is with Giannis is like, they do the LeBron strategy right. way better than LeBron can do it because of how good right. Giannis is. Right, he's he, huge. Le, yeah. Like, he'll guard, he'll go, um, Giannis will end up being on Bruce Brown because Bruce Brown's the worst player uh, right. offensively on the Pistons. Right. And he'll literally just sit in the middle of the court. Right. And the just pa- monitor. Yeah, right. pass goes to Kennard, he's just going to run up and dunk right. uh, and get Kennard. I'm with you, yeah, So, sure. at that point, you have to almost fake out where you have to pass to Kennard Canard's a pump fake to get Giannis gone, and then right. you have to kick out to the next guy. Right. It's almost like looking at a second option. Right. Your first option. Your first option is not really your first option. Yeah, almost. your first right. your, your first option is actually gonna be your second and third options. Right, I gotcha. That's yeah, that's that's a great take, Mike. Really, that's that's a way to really break them down because I do think I think the level for Pistons fans is not winning the series. I think the the level is literally winning a game. I think we can all kind of agree yeah. that like if we win the game, if we win a game, mm-hmm. I am like, all right, you know, we're kind of making some strides. Do you think that this, making this run, right, getting the playoffs, say they win, say they lose in five, right? Are they are they on the right track? At least, if you're a Pistons fan, are you at least happy? Like, okay, we've we've doing we've done some things. Do you think Dwayne's the guy? Do we think that we can win with Blake? I mean, what 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 is you know for you? Is this outlook good or bad this for is, this team? Uh, Kyle, take this one first. Yeah, I have a strong opinion. Yeah. This, I feel like. yeah. My question is: After this season, right? Where, where's your go? Like, where are you going? Like, right. That's they, what I'm asking you, though. Is like, do you think that we are on the right? Tra- are we on a, a trajectory to where you honestly can think in five years we can be competing for a championship, with or without Blake, right? Based off contract. But the point being is that if you have fundamental pieces, if Kennard is going to become fundamental, right? If you lose Reggie in a year and you bring in another point guard, right, and a solid guy, do you think that over time that this team right now has the infrastructure in place to start being more competitive consistently year in year out i say if canard gets better and we do pick up maybe a veteran or maybe just some role player in general and yeah i i could see it happening but because you kind of have a small window with blake right now yeah so i mean that's what i'm saying gone right but if you can bring in another guy if canard gets consistently better Mm -hmm. and you're still andre's still healthy yeah and i I think Dwayne, dwayne case is a pretty good coach i like him yeah i could see it I right. can see it, but I also can't both see it, but I can see it. Way <laughs> <laughs> to talk about both sides there. But, I mean, honestly, that's a question, right? So, Mike, yeah. give, me, give me your take, right? Um, I would say I think they, they're going to hit their ceiling. Luke Kennard, I think, is your bright point of your future. Mm-hmm. Now, but here's an interesting point I was just thinking about as Kai was talking about something. Yeah. Um, one guy I think you could bring in and actually change the team up, and it's going to sound really weird at first, mm-hmm. Rajon Rondo. I feel like he's a guy who can come in. Yeah. He's pass first. He doesn't shoot very well. Right. And him and Drummond on the court would be hard because right. neither one can shoot, so you're kind of limited on options there. Mm-hmm. But with his passing ability and his defense, he's a way better version of uh, Reggie is right now. Right. And if he can just dribble down the court, if Blake's still there, Blake doesn't have to be that guy to dribble down. You can let it be Rondo dribbling mm-hmm. it down. And then... Blake can do his thing into the post or whatever. Right. Then you can have Kennard if he develops well with Wayne Allington being your shooters. I think that all together really can add a, a nice little infrastructure there. Right. Because then you have veteran leadership in Blake and Rondo. Then you can have up and rising guys like Luke Kennard coming yeah. in. I think as a totality there it works out. But right. if you don't fix the problem at point guard and Kennard staggers and doesn't develop as much as we thought he would yeah, next year, really, I think, I think right. you need to – tear it down right yeah i think you're kind of in a it's a, you're at a fork in the road right now yeah. almost you know i do think that they need to become a little more consistent um the cap situation too is another thing you really need to monitor because right now they're, they're so hard capped right now where they can't really do anything you know um as far as signing anybody of any like greg robinson was their big signing and he's been just god awful so i mean he's not anything of any note um reggie coming off the books obviously is going to be huge drummond's progression is going to be huge for them right yeah. to see how that develops i think because we got like think another three years with blake so if nothing else i think you can make i think you can do enough in three years to keep yourself competitive while at the same time building some sort of uh, of team you know what i mean to where okay it doesn't have to be all blake shooting for 30 yeah. points a night you i know do what think mean? if blake plays like this blake drummond 
and maybe like Canard can actually mm-hmm. care in the East, especially. Right, that's what help, I'm saying. Can help sure. get you some this six Warriors team is going to blow up here, so we know that's coming. Yes. Right, so I mean, there's going to be opportunities for this to happen coming up here. Right, mm-hmm. LeBron's getting older, so you don't know what's going to happen there. That's a lot of stuff. By the well, way, we're I'm... hitting on this Magic thing next week because <laughs> I'm not letting anything skip past that. We're hitting on this whole Laker Magic topic yeah, next sure. week for sure. All right, let's hop now into the last little topic of the day: the national title game. Um, obviously, Virginia get the win, making the complete 180 turn from losing as a number one seed to the 16th seed to winning the title. But, uh, but more than that, right, because none of us are Virginia or Texas Tech fans, here's what I want to talk about, though, a little bit. I want to talk about Michigan State and the loss to Texas Tech. Here's why I want to talk about it. Izzo now has lost a lot of Final Fours. I'm just going to put it that way. I think they've yes. made it to two championship games since he's been there, right? The one, well, they won it in 2000, another one when they lost North Carolina, mm-hmm. right? Most of the time, ain't even been close. I'm going to be honest, right? Yeah. What is, I mean, is it, it's not like they're not getting good recruits. They've always got, they've always had, you know, high star recruits. What is it about this, like, hurdle that is so hard for Izzo and Michigan State to get over? Is it just they always go against that team every year, like a Duke, like Texas Tech making that miracle run? What the hell is the problem? Because it seems to me like Michigan's problem is if they get to the finals, they lose. But if they get to a final, Michigan State's always been known for getting to the final four, but they're not known for championships. No. What the hell is the problem? You want to take this one? You want to start? If, you want to start? I would, but yeah. if I only knew, like, I, I don't know if teams are just figuring them out. I know they've had to always do a Duke a lot. Yeah. So they all hate Duke. But, like, but tell me, but, like, I mean, because Izzo was considered this this great coach, and he is, right? He's yeah. got a national championship under your belt, several Final Four appearances, Big Ten championships, what have you. But, I mean, the margin in which they're losing these games, and more so the fact that they can, the amount of times that they've made it and lost, right, it's it's becoming quite a number, you know. Like yeah. if Beeline were to make another national championship and we lost, that's a rough go, right? Yeah. You made it to three and you can't get it done. Izzo's kind of getting that narrative now, where it's like, all right, I can get you here, but I can't get you over it anymore. Yeah. You know well, you mean? can't. I can't say you blame it on the competition because, as we said, going into the final four, Michigan right. State's the best team left. They were absolutely. Like on yeah. paper, as they were playing, I mean, you beat For Duke, sure. who was the unannounced consensus best, right. consensus best team michigan state now is the consensus best team and texas tech beat them right so um i i can't tell you what's going on like, right it's just, it's just it's confusing awful. right because and i think that for a little bit too i do think that they need to kind of look at that and i get it you made a great run here but point being is that you didn't get it done all right you were supposed to get it done this was the year cash is winston playing out of his mind you had a little bit of depth on your bench not a lot but a little right you had some big men playing well you had mcquade shooting lights out this was the year yeah everybody you beat duke you slayed the dragon you haven't beat coach k ever so this was the year to do it and you lose to texas tech yeah so you know what i mean and this isn't a michigan fan saying this this is just like dude what what the hell you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I mean, is there anything, is it just because Texas Tech was just playing out of their mind defense? Or is it once again, like we talked about last time, where it's just something about Michigan college sports, man. That choke factor is high with <laughs> Michigan sports, man. Yeah. Whether it's, it's U of M or state, whether football or it's basketball, man, that choke factor is high. Every yeah. time it seems I, like, I, for I whatever do believe, reason. And I think they... We put a lot of pressure Jeez. on our college programs, absolutely, because our pro programs suck. Yes, and right. I think that I think that's what really what it boils down to. Yeah, is Michigan and Michigan State are mm-hmm. collectively are so good in football and basketball every year mm-hmm. that we just like Michigan should just win this national like national championship because mm-hmm. they're like the best team in Michigan. Right, and we put all that pressure on these kids and stuff. Right, and I think it gets to them. Yeah. Whereas other places, other fan bases yeah. have at least one pro sport. For sure. That are at least somewhere up there. <laughs> right. Except maybe Cleveland. I don't right. know. They don't really yeah. have much there, I feel like. It's just, it's just like but, I said, it's just something to think about, right? It's something as we go through this college football season and stuff like that, it's kind of a consistent thing for me. I don't know. It's, it's just something I noticed. But all right, that's going to be it for episode 20 for the our NBA Insider slash Mock Draft Mocker, mm-hmm. Kyle Budzanowski. For the Merck Zone, Mike Burkle. I am the mouth of Michigan, Ramadeka. We will see you guys as always next time.